Well, what's up, everyone? Nate here with Good Morning Liberty. If you've been listening, then you know that I am out this week, and so is Charlie. So we are bringing you some special episodes from some of our friends. Today, we are bringing you guys an episode from the Civil Discord podcast. You've heard us talk to these two fine individuals during our shows several times. This is Amanda and Maurice. Uh, they have been longtime supporters of the podcast. Maurice is, in fact, our first supporter that we got as a podcast way back on Patreon just years and you know, decades ago now, from what I can tell. They've got a great podcast. This is episode 46 from Civil Discord. Make sure you find them on your podcast app. Go follow them on Twitter at Civil Discord Pod and leave them a rating and review. But before we get into this episode, we're going to bring you a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Let's talk about burnout. I'm not here this week. You know why? I'm a little bit burnout on everything that we talk about on a daily basis. It happens to everyone. I work a lot. I work at least 12 hours a day. I've been going here and there, up to Illinois, down the Chattanooga, trying to make time for everyone, not making a lot of time for myself. So this week, I'm making some time for myself, all right? We know life can be overwhelming. A lot of people get burned out, and you don't even know it. Maybe you don't have any motivation. Maybe you're irritable. Maybe you got uh, fatigue. You're tired all the time. You're probably not even being as productive as you could be. And we all think that that's just because of work, but it's not the only thing. All of the things that we deal with, it's family, it's friends, and yes, it's work. Well, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing all that stress in your life. Now, I've gone to therapy before. Charlie uses BetterHelp uh, every week. He talks to his therapist from BetterHelp. He loves it. Super easy to use. His therapist is great. It's helped him out a lot. The times that I've gone to therapy in my life, some of the most important time I've spent figuring stuff out, okay? So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash gml that's better h-e-l-p.com slash gml let's get into this episode Welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your hosts, uh, the notorious BLG out here in the People's Republic of Texas, where we finally got some rain in about two months, uh, and it cooled off from the typical 95 degrees to about 75 degrees today. Um, But then again, the rain went away and it got back hot again. So um, Maurice Jones Thank you all for joining us. And with me, as always, here more often than I am, is the one, the only, 
the great supreme overlord of liberty, Amanda, out there in the People's Republic of California. Amanda, how's it going? It's going great. It is a great week. We can get right into it because the Disinformation Governance Board has been disbanded. Much (laughs) to the chagrin and wailing and horror of Taylor Lorenz, who wrote a completely tone-deaf article for the Washington Post about how disinformation killed the disinformation governance board, which suggests they probably weren't very good at what they were doing um, (laughs) or what they were trying to do. Uh, and that uh, Nina Jankowicz was the was this victim of these vitriolic online attacks. Um, and just so that everyone is clear, the attacks consisted of people pulling up her prior tweets yes. uh, that Great talked attack. about the laptop story being a hoax, Hunter Biden's mm-hmm. laptop being Russian disinformation. Um, about uh, the Russians interfering in the 2016 election, uh, about masks not working early on in the uh, in, in during the COVID outbreak. Um, so these are just some things that uh, that were never addressed in any way. The uh, this disinformation governance board is no more, and uh, there are, there are a number of takes on it. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I was I was waiting to see if, if you if you had thoughts on this because we were going to talk about it last week and then we right. got um, other things got in the way and I, you were saying before the show that you're glad that we didn't talk about it because now we have new information <laughs> about the disinformation governance board. Right. Yeah, right. And I, I I just when it first dropped, I was just like, "There's no way." Like I've you like. Somebody, I've got to be in a dream or I'm actually a nightmare. Like I'm somebody wake me up. Somebody pinch me. There's no, there's no way that this is actually going on. Like that the government is actually putting together something to say, Hey, this is real information. And this is not real information. Like I just, it's that, that to me was like, was crazy. And then like, as I started reading, I was like, no, like this is legit. Like they're really coming out with this. And 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 I and my first thought back when it when it first dropped was I literally thought communist China, North Korea. Like that's literally what I thought. It was you have this own, I mean, all other countries you have their own news, and the United States citizens make fun of all kinds of other countries. About I don't understand how their citizens, you know, can can believe them with this, that, and the third and and all this stuff. And how how can people over there trust their governments? And then we turn around and our government does this, some disinformation governance board. And it's just like, seriously, like, there's no way there's no way. But now that it's no longer it, it has been it has been um, blown up, blown to, to smithereens, hopefully uh, with no return. Um, we shall see. But I just I, I first first I found it funny and then I found it appalling that that, that people would even remotely even think that this was a good option. Yeah, no, but this is the power of the public outcry, right? Is because it was so tone deaf. And by the way, congratulations, congressional oversight. This is what congressional oversight does well: is they brought a, they brought a Homeland Security Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas to Congress, and they're like, "So, what's this disinformation governance board gonna do?" And he's like, um, <laughs> "Was not prepared for that line of questioning." They're like, "So, who is Nina Jankowicz?" And he's like, "Um." 
uh, she's from my musical theater class. <laughs> I don't really, I mean, she's got nice hair. So, so he knew nothing about the enterprise. He knew nothing about the person who was going to run it. He knew nothing about the person who was going to run it and their prior record with disseminating right. what they're calling disinformation. But can, like the, the name itself, right? Cause I'm going to dwell on the name. For the sure. name is <laughs> disinformation governance board. They're the board for governing disinformation. We will govern the disinformation, not you, sir. We will be the ones who are governing the disinformation. I love it. I love it so much. And it does, people were calling it the Ministry of Truth. I actually think that disinformation governance board sounds more dystopian yes, than the Ministry sure. of Truth. Because so people always say that Orwell was right about everything. If Orwell had been right about everything, then everything wouldn't have happened. Right, because people mm. would immediately recognize it as Orwellian. So what keeps people from recognizing this stuff as Orwellian? First of all, there's the very human notion that it's good if I do it to fight the bad guys. Right. Second, language. So Orwell mm. himself was was would, would probably tell you that if his prophecies ended up being fulfilled, fulfilled and they weren't prophecies, but if the things that he wrote about came to fruition, it would be because people used language to keep them from looking Orwellian. So here's the language shift. In 1984, the modes of totalitarianism are presented in very simplistic language, ministry mm. of truth. The justifications for totalitarianism are neglected outright today mm. because, well, partly because we're dealing with a more elitist totalitarianism than, right. than a populist totalitarianism. Right. The modes are couched in jargon, disinformation governance board, and the rationalizations for that totalitarianism are couched in simplicity. It's good for democracy. Oh, democracy. Democracy is the safe word. Democracy right. is the hypnotist snap word. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, – it, it's, it's good to see it go. And, again, mm. I do want to point out that it, it is because of, of this public outcry um, that, uh, that occurred and, and because Congress brought this to light. Like, hey, this is kind of weird. Right. Um, and people on the left and the right united in realizing what would happen if their political opponents were in charge of a disinformation yes. governance board. Yes. And th th that's the thing. And, and you, you you talked about it earlier, um, saying that it's this this concept of. As long as it's as long as I'm on the quote unquote right side of it, then it's good, then it's mm -hmm. OK, you know, and. And it, it's always, I mean, there's a reason why there's a saying of hindsight is 2020 is because things don't, you know, things don't look bad until you actually look back on it and say like, oh man, maybe that was a bad idea. Because if you knew it was a bad idea in the moment, then hopefully you wouldn't do it. Now, there are some people who, who those, the Johnny Knoxvilles of the world and whatnot, they like to go on jackass and they know that these are bad ideas at the time. And, and that's fine. But that is for movies and ratings and and views and things of that nature. So, but but today, I mean, it's it's this idea of oh, well, that's disinformation, and we've got to make sure that disinformation is is um is is crushed and that nobody nobody is 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 able to to get to this stuff because it's bad. Like disinformation is a bad thing, you know. Disinformation is is what caused. Um, the pandemic not to stop. Disinformation is is what is what caused the 2016 election to go to Donald Trump. Disinformation is is what caused January 6th. Like the, it's th this this idea of of people are saying like, oh well, if we can get if we can just control this, the world will be 
the United States will be good. It'll be fine. It'll be dandy and things of that nature, which, of course, I mean, if you're listening to to this podcast, then then you probably agree with us thinking like, no, the more people can actually talk about their ideas and have this discussion, then the more you would uh, you, you the the more peaceful I really do. People w- w- would be able to be like, I mean, if, if you're able to sit there and just have conversations, discuss, I mean, and have legit civil discord. <laughs> um, if you're able to able if you're truly able to sit, sit down and have those conversations, then by all means, like that works. But if you have somebody ruling over you saying, oh, no, you can't say that because because that's bad or no, you can't do this because that's bad. Those things, it, that's what makes that's what makes people really believe that George Orwell was just this this um, this prophet that got everything right moving forward. And and like you said, I, I mean, it's he's not necessarily getting everything right in the in the concept of like hey, like hey, this is how things will plan out. But people can really see how how the two really kind of tie together. Where where you're talking about you know. Oh, um, well, let the government determine what's right and what's wrong, you know, and let's let's allow everybody to to be under the the thumb of let's I mean, let's say technology. I I know technology is not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're able to um, have somebody control you because you're giving them access to everything that's in your house, um, whether through through the Internet of things that is supposed to be so great and so vast, like you can, it can tell you, hey, you're running low on milk in your refrigerator. Like, how does that robot know my life? It doesn't know my life. <laughs> Shut up. You don't know. Exactly. Wow. Like, oh, you're going to the store today. Go ahead, pick up an extra carton of orange juice. Like, all these things. And so it, it's, it's making George Orwell seem like this prophet. But it's th- this idea that, that people read 1984 and think, like, oh, man, that can never happen to me. I think that is truly just arrogance in in the and in, in, in the in the view my mom all used to always tell me because it's in the Bible. It's like pride goes before fall. Like you always think that nothing can happen to you, and then it happens to you. And and I used to I, I remember reading 1984 in middle school and high school and thinking like, dude, there's no way that anything like this is going to happen. Like we, people are too smart to think about this. Nope. Go ahead. Go I know ahead. What I was going to say that's why you have to change the modes, right? Because yes. 1984 wouldn't happen. Exactly. Uh, nothing ever happens in exactly the same way twice. You right. never step in the same river twice as the water changes. So do you. So, and especially because this is dystopian, it's supposed to be fictional and it is, but precisely for that reason, that makes it more insidious when you see these patterns cropping up. Yes. It, it's and and I we were actually talking about this the other day in one of my classes and we talked about 1984. So I was like, man, I hate that book 1984. And this is this, and I was just like, well, uh, do you do you want the the inside school coach Jones to tell you something or the outside of school coach Jones to tell you something? <laughs> They're like outside, <laughs> and they, they, they were 100. They're not like, oh, we we really want. I was like, well, let's take a look at certain things that are happening. I'm not saying that it is. It's we're not coming up with with a, like you said, there, it's not going to be exactly the, the same thing. But there are some huge parallels that that you can. Hey, this goes to this and this goes to this and this goes to this. And it is it is crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, and even the, the concept of I me mean, again, George Orwell, but like Animal Farm and these books that literally just even though they're fiction, discuss how things come about and how people and how people, you know, 
they they want to what's the word I'm looking for? Just I'm, I'm, let's say crush the opposition and animal animal farm. Yes, that was it. But they want to do it in ways that's not so in your face. Like, hey, we're doing bad things. It's all it's always like this soft approach. Like, hey, it's for the good. It's for the betterment of society, for the good of the people. Things like that, like these are conversations that you have and it's just like, a, oh, well, if you truly cared about people, then you would do this because you because you don't because you care about everybody else and you don't want your neighbor to die. And that is how things start. And it's it's so eerie when I hear people say that it's just like, well, for the better bit of, the, of society, you need to do this. So I was just like, well, if if we look at it like that. People deemed at one point it, it was for the betterment of society that you could own another person. So that whole argument that, that to, to justify why things are the way they are is is very, very, very crazy. And I but I love I, I don't I didn't. And I will say this. When I read 1984 in high school, I hated it. I was like, this book, this book sucks. Like, yeah, whatever. And then as I got older, I was just like, oh, OK, maybe there is some a little bit of seeds to truth. As to, as to how things kind of progress in history, because, and I, I, maybe I'm on this this quoting the Bible kick today. I guess I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, we say there's nothing new under the sun. Like everything that no happens, exactly. <laughs> yes, like there is nothing new under the sun. And my mom used to tell me that all the time growing up too. But it's it's like if something happens today, it's happened in the past somewhere else, and th- and and maybe that's why I why as I got older, I I, I started I had a fondness of 1984 and I started to love history and I started to love all these things because I've realized like, Oh, this stuff has happened in the past. And if I can see how things have transpired in the past, then I can kind of see how things are going to play out in the future. And then we can kind of, and, and then I can make personal adjustments within my life to say, okay, here's how the people survived. How did they survive this specific event? What did they do? What are some things that they took in consideration and then move forward? So um, if I, I imagine most of our listeners know 1984 and understand it, but if you haven't, I would highly encourage you to read the book, read Animal Farm, um, do all kinds of things, uh, uh, read history, because uh, all three of those things, I mean, I, I, and I know I'm pumping up Animal Farm 1984 a whole lot, but um, if you're able to do that and and to to create some parallels, it'll save you a lot of headache in the I'm, let, me, let, me, let me take a step back because it's not going to save you headache. It's going to create a whole lot of headache because you're going to be <laughs> mad at people for doing stupid stuff. But it it will help you see how people react in specific situations in specific times. So, and people always think it's their political opponents that are going to do it. Like yes. you, you, you go to the left and they're like, "Oh, the right is so 1984," and then the right says, "Oh, the left." So. No, it's everyone. This is these are human yep. patterns. These are patterns exactly. of anyone who is in power. That is the entire point. So exactly. it's not the right that's being Orwellian. It's not the left that's being Orwellian. People in power have the propensity to exhibit patterns that we see on Orwell's work. That is why Orwell's work is so enduringly popular. And if if you think that you've got one party pegged as the Orwellian party, then you talk to a member of that party and they think that the other party is the Orwellian party. Exactly. Um, so that's, I, I'm just so glad that you didn't say Brave New World. I hate a Brave New World. I hate it <laughs> so much, so much. That's another rant for another time. I thought- I hated it too though. <laughs> If you, if we wanted to see the uh, the way that the disinformation board would uh, liaise with the media in vivo, I thought there's a perfect example. There's an NPR interview with Nina Jankowicz upon her departure, and I linked to it 
in the show notes. I haven't read all of it. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we could like react to some of it together because I think it's it's I, it's probably going to be I you know just the raw pure reactions. <laughs> and I want to tell you, not having read much it. of the article, I want to tell you how this article went down. So the DAH because I because I know because I worked in PR. The DHS's internal PR shop contacted NPR, which is state media, and said, let's give you an exclusive with Nina Jankowicz immediately upon her resignation. That's how this article happened. And this is this is what this is what happened. So let's see what their narrative is, because they knew they could pitch their narrative to the state media. Exactly. All right. So. We don't have to go through all of it, but let's see. No, you're this fine. Is, this is I'm NPR. Three weeks. Three weeks. That's less than a CNN Plus. That's how long <laughs> it took for the Department of Homeland Security to go from announcing a board intended to combat disinformation to suspending it. In those weeks, both the Disinformation Governance Board and its leader, Nina Jankowicz, came under relentless and sometimes vicious attacks. Well, it says attack. I think they mean attacks. From right-wing media and Republican lawmakers. Uh, we squ- She's... Okay. Uh, Jankowicz is here described as a well-regarded authority in online disinformation oh. who has studied huh. Russian information operations and advised governments including that of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. But conservatives seized on her tweets. Now, we all know that, that, that in the, at the Daily Wire, they like saying Republicans pounce. This time, conservatives seized. Conservatives seized on her tweets, her own words, imagine that, and passed public statements as evidence of her partisan bias. Maurice, if I wanted to prove that someone had a partisan bias, what would be a good source for me to prove that they had a partisan bias? Uh maybe npr i don't know maybe like past public statements would that be good like things that they had said things they've said in the past possibly yeah yeah like not things other people said just their own words that was reliable okay not npr conservatives seized on those exactly Um, and so she's quit she has quit um and she spoke with npr about the board's botched rollout um, and what she'd hoped to accomplish. Question being, what was the purpose of the Disinformation Governance Board? Jankwick's response. Basically, everything you... <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this raw, ladies and gentlemen. Everything you may have heard about the Disinformation Governance Board is wrong or is just a flat-out lie. Oh, my gosh. This is This is... The board was quite simple and anodyne. Really, why was it called the Disinformation Governance Board? Exactly. Like, I mean, what it's 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 that if if it's not what I think it is, then why are you calling what I think it is? Like, it's it's this idea if 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 it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and it and it looks like a duck, it's got to be a duck. It's for Dag, I'm sure, not a bald eagle. Like, I don't know. This shit. It's a what, but hey, yeah. it's a flat out lie though. It's a flat out lie. Don't worry about it. Jankowicz continues, what it wanted to do was to coordinate among the Department of Homeland Security's components, agents like FEMA or the Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency or Customs and Border Patrol, and make sure that 
Americans had trustworthy information about issues connected to homeland security. The problem is you can make the argument that anything is an issue connected to homeland security. Right. And it sounds exactly like what it what I thought it was and what people were talking about. Like, that's exactly what people that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, but no, no, Maurice, because she says we weren't going to be doing anything related to policing speech. It was an internal coordinating mechanism to make sure that we were doing that work efficiently. What work efficiently? Policing speech. We were doing it, what, to the best of our ability. And we were doing it, what, in a way that respected privacy, civil rights, civil liberties, and most importantly, the First Amendment. I would have an easier time believing that. If, if this didn't, if, if this woman didn't Leroy Jenkins into a Zoom meeting, <laughs> explaining that she should have the authority to edit other people's tweets and determine who should be a verified account on Twitter. I would have an easier time believing that if she didn't literally just tell NPR about a week ago, quote, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, end quote. Mm. And she wants to protect the First Amendment. But she shudders to think about what would happen if First Amendment fans were taking over more platforms for speech. I'm sorry. I don't think this this doesn't hold water. I'm sorry to be spreading disinformation. Here, but- <laughs> and, and, yeah, we are definitely spreading disinformation. I mean, this this concept of of we're not going to be doing anything related to police and speech. So. Disinformation in and of itself the term derives from people spreading information that is deemed to be false. Okay. So in your name, you were, you you were saying that we, it's a, Hey, we want to make sure that we, that we give correct information. And if somebody is not giving correct information, what are you going to be doing? Are you just going to let that, let that information just sit out there? Or so, so I guess her, 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 her stance would be yes. If 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 she's holding on to this, it would be yes. If somebody else if somebody else is giving wrong information based off of you know based off of Customs and Border Patrol or based off of FEMA or some cyber or, or some cyber inf, uh, infrastructure or whatever the case may be, if somebody's giving wrong information for that, they are not going to police that speech. They are just going to have on their website the stuff that is correct. And not worry about what anybody else is saying. That's exactly what she's saying is going to happen. Now, I have. Now, I, I I will say this. I trust the government as far as I can throw them. So if if that is the case, then then OK, whatever. But to think that the government has any sort of of pure view, pure intentions when it comes to things is ridiculous. To think, oh well, we're not going to police any speech. We're not going to worry about that. When, when for the past, I don't know, let's say hmm, six years, we've been having this huge border issue in the, in the state of Texas and Arizona, and every single two years, you're coming up with something that says, oh, those those pictures are false because they 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 came under this, and then it's like, oh well, those pictures are false because of this, and there's all of this this term, turmoil and arguments. And you're sitting here saying, oh, well, nope, that's false. We can't do that one. Nope, we can't release that one. Nope, we can't do this. We can't do that. Like, no, your past is we just talked about this previous. Like, like, like I just said this like five, 10 minutes ago. The What you've done in history 
it's going it's pretty much going to be it's going to be indicative of what you're going to do in the future if you've police speech in the in the past what makes me think that you're not going to do it in the future like you're not you're not as pure as you think you are i want to read one more response because i wanted i oh, wanted no, to ahead. see if they mentioned gender um so they do in the article they <laughs> mentioned in fact your book she so you wrote a this is the question you wrote a book called How to Be a Woman Online. Okay, first, how to be a woman online? Be a woman. Be online. That is how, that's two sentences, that's two sentence it. book. Amazon bestseller coming up. Hey, I'm about to say, I need to do one, How to Be Black Online. There we go. There we go. I'm surprised Ibram X. Kendi hasn't come out with it, but I think you could probably write it much better, quite frankly. Got it. Yeah. So it's about the harassment women, including yourself, face on the internet. Was what happened in the last three weeks different? I, I will say without looking at a response, I don't think it was. Because you know what? She was attacked for things that I've seen men attacked for. Hmm. She yep. was attacked for, she faced personality attacks. Uh, she faced some pretty vicious attacks that I wouldn't agree with. Uh, she was attacked for things that she had said. But uh, Jankwicks characterizes this as a barrage of sexualized gendered attacks. Attacks on my personal life, attacking my hobbies and my own personality. This is what I think. This, first of all, anyone's personality can be attacked. That's not a yes. gendered thing. Secondly, I think the hobbies is a reference to the TikTok video that has her singing a parody of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, uh, but it's all about disinformation. Oh, God. And I want to just be clear that that's not attacking the hobby. That's attacking someone's inability to do a parody that scans properly. <laughs> None of it scanned. It was all half rhymes. I I was so insulted because I thought it could be clever. I really just like, oh, she's, she's got a, an okay voice. And then I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm like, this doesn't scan. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. So that was personally uh, despair, this t- discouraging uh, for me. Uh, and, you know, she talks about some attacks that are absolutely not okay. She says For she sure. talks about being encouraged to commit suicide, which is yeah. never okay to never tell okay. someone to do that ever, no, ever. Um, but then she says it should be said that the people who are spreading these childish characterizations of me and my work encourage this type of behavior online, whether or not they say those words themselves. Is that a quote you want coming from someone who is going to be in charge of whether or not you're saying something that is misinforming. So it's, it's by association. It's guilt by association. If I'm a libertarian, maybe I'm encouraging the most radical, crazy libertarian. Maybe that is that the kind of sentiment you want being expressed by your disinformation czar. mm, Even mm. if you're not saying it, you're still encouraging it. Exactly. That's like that. That's the the whole it's it's not enough to not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. And there's like nothing in between. Like like there's this this idea of if you're not for me, you're against me. And it's just like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I, I like that's not like w- when we speak about things, especially when it comes to matters of politics and 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 views as far as philosophies that you live by things are not black and white like there are very few things in life that are black and white like very few there are some 
there are some, but 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 majority of the things that that happen in life, there is a lot of areas where there is a lot of gray, where you can move, where you can be further this way and then and then further one way and the further the other way. And it's to 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 to, to say something like, oh well. You know, that whole implying that you're guilty by association because because whether or not you said them or not, you were a part of it. You were an accomplice like, no, that's not how this works. You you have no authority to tell me what what I'm doing, what, like what, what my thoughts are and whether or not they encourage said, said behavior because I don't do anything because I don't sit here and retweet you like uh, it, it's. Oh my gosh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And even then, I gotta, uh, I, I've, I've got to read this last question because yeah, I sure, was reading sure, through please. it. It was gold. It is pure gold because I'm like, oh yeah, like, like it's great for me. The question reads: How was this? How has this experience changed the way you see the challenge of different disinformation? Oh, I'm probably going to tell you that I'm, and I'm going to love her response. Okay. It said, it's made me a lot less optimistic about the about the American response to disinformation. Me too. <laughs> me too. Thank you so much. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, I am less optimistic, meaning that people understand that, okay, maybe we should not have it. Like, I, I'm not optimistic about this governance board coming out. Yes. Great. Awesome. She says, this needs to be a wake up call that things aren't getting better in this country by ignoring them. Very, very, very true. Things are things aren't are, are things aren't getting better if you ignore them. Hence the reason why we have this podcast called Civil Discord. That our democratic discourse, the the way it is so polarized and so again childish and focused on the real threats, leave us vulnerable to attacks from without and within. And our adversaries know that. Oh, it's just... <laughs> so we would be policing the within. I'm just trying exactly. to clarify. I'm trying to establish a consistent line. Oh like, my god! Yes, it is gold. It is gold. That's what I worry about most. I'm coming out of this experience pretty pessimistic, but I'm still committed to the work because I don't want my son to grow up in a world where you can't tell the truth from fiction and where you can't trust anything anybody says. I want to grow up in that world where you can't trust anything anybody says, okay? You want to know why I want to grow up in that world? Because that causes me to do some research and be a critical thinker. I want my children to grow up in a world where they don't trust anything anybody says. I don't want them to trust anything that I say. I I tell, I'm a teacher. And I tell my students all the time, don't trust me. Don't just sit here and take my word for it. Okay. Listen, now here, here are, here are my specific credentials and why I feel like I am, I can speak on these specific things, but then again, go home, ask somebody else. You do the research yourself. Don't take my word for it. Where was it? Um, was that that was on Reading Rainbow a long time ago? Was it? Yeah, yeah, I feel like, Burton, yeah. Yes, don't take my word for it. Like, get some other and and he would say that because they would talk about read these books, and yeah. then he would go to these other kids, and the other kids would give their give their opinions on it. Yes, exactly. Let's all live like old Lavar Burton back in the day on Reading Rainbow, oh. where he said, "Don't take my word for it." Okay, don't trust anybody. Yes, I love my parents to death. Okay, 
I don't like when I got older, I was like, I'm not sure if I trust that. Let me go and do my own research and try to understand this. Like that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing for you not to be to follow somebody blindly. Like what's so bad about that? I definitely want my daughter growing up in a world where she's like, you know what, dad, that sounds right. But mm, let me go ahead and go this or can we have a discussion about it? Because it sounds right, but I, but I still don't understand. I'm not sure if I trust you. And then we go like, that is a great world to live in. I don't know why anybody would be opposed to that. Maybe it's because you want to police what everybody else is saying. Or maybe it's because you don't want other people's opinions to be um, expressed in a manner that conflict with yours because maybe you're wrong. And you don't want the world thinking that's wrong. I don't know. If if you're speaking the truth, why do you need to dispel everything else? Why do you need to 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 force everybody else's lies to be cast to the side and to where they can only hear one one voice? Like that's that's that to me, that to me seems like maybe you believe what you're saying is not true. And so be, because it's not true, you have to force everybody else to shut up. I don't know. I don't know. But hey, right. you're going to trust anybody, police all their information. And well, and it's, it's a step away from something else that we've already seen, which is not only are you the, the sole proprietor of information because, well, if I don't regulate information, some people might have the wrong information and I need to, it, it's very, very anal retentive. Um, and then it gets to, you know, there's some information that's correct, but people might do the wrong things with it. So maybe right. I don't share this. And it's less and less and less transparent. But we see how transparency works is that when people actually bring things to the fore, good things happen. A, you know, in this case, the Disinformation Governance Board being disbanded. All right. Thank you, Nina. Bye, girl. Yes. Adios. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Bye, Bye, Felicia. And then for, the, for them to say, like, I mean, and, you know, you, you talked about this people on the right and the left who said this is probably not a good idea. That whole article was talking about, oh, well, people on the right and Republican lawmakers, blah, blah, blah. Like, like nah, man, like if if that was the case, if it was just Republicans, maybe I don't I don't know. Maybe they forgot that, in essence, the 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 Democrats control the House. Mm-hmm. And they they in essence control the Senate. Like, let's be real. Like they do. They they try not to. It, it, it's it's more of a stalemate than than anything else. But they have more control than the Republicans. You like? I mean, don't stop blaming things on the right or on Republicans when th- these are things that the Democrats, if they wanted to, they can get stuff through or whatnot. Just 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 put it put it the way it is. You didn't have support on the left either. Like you you just didn't. You just didn't. Yeah, true, true, true. So it is what it is. But speaking of the left and the right and and all this craziness of of people of of them agreeing on something, you want to know what else they can agree on? They can agree on where to send your money and your tax dollars, because it's whew, oh goodness, U.S. aid. They sent forty billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. Now, here is. We all know how I feel about about foreign policy. Like that's like it is. It, it it's it's. I am. I've I've never been. I've never shied away from my position on that, and so forth. Um, this is when when I see things like this. I see things. It's it's crazy to think like 
and I don't agree with the left at all. But when I see things like this, I could see why people would be up in arms and say like, well, how about, I mean, if we're, if we're just signing a pen and giving $40 billion to somebody, why can't we do a whole, why can't we just, you know, solve this whole uh, student loan crisis or whatnot? Why can't we forgive portions of student loans for people and this and this and that? Now I am not agreeing with them at all, but I could see people having an argument for this. And, and I, and we talked about this in the pre-show, but I, I found it very funny that um, I am in the tax world um, because I do my own taxes and I'm an accountant and things of that nature. But I f- people were, were making jokes and saying, hey, can I claim the Ukrainians as dependents on my taxes this year? Seems how <laughs> I am paying to give them a whole bunch of stuff and they are dependent on me. Now, of course, as as an accountant, I would advise against that. Mainly because you, uh, there are re- there are a whole lot of uh, ways for there are a whole lot of qualifications that somebody has to meet in order for them to be claimed as dependent. But I just found it funny because we're giving forty billion dollars in aid to Ukraine um, for all kinds of things or whatnot, and they need it. And 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 I get it. Th- this has turned into something bigger than than just hey, this whole territory and Putin and things of that nature. And it's kind of been subdued in, in, in our in our mainstream media. But yes, there is still fighting going on. Um, it's been going on since way before February. Um, and it is not it is not let up yet. Yeah, I, so I, I, I wanted to give you the space to go first because unlike you, I've been very cagey about how I feel about foreign policy. And everyone gets the sense that I'm kind of maybe a crypto neocon and that it's just like waiting to come out. And I think I've even joked about this as much. So these are the uncomfortable conversations that I love to force myself into having. Right. Um, but to give the breakdown, um, so $8.5 billion is going to weapons transfers, $8.5 billion for uh, an economic support fund for emerging needs in Ukraine, $5 billion for global, uh, global resources and aid. Um, now, some money is also going to be spent, uh, evidently, on helping the DOJ figure out how to seize Russian assets. And this is where I, I was trying to think of how, how to react to this. And then I realized that probably the best way to react is just to say, I don't know how to react because mm. unlike you, Maurice, I, I do think <laughs> quite, I mean, I do think that there is a lot of strategy that goes into the aid that we send to Ukraine. I do think mm. that there is a more strategic global posturing element. That's a signal to China. That's a signal to, um, you know, signal to a lot of countries. And again, I'm not, I I don't know about the inner working and the horse trading that went on with the Ukrainian aid package. And I will get to the need for transparency and oversight, as we just discussed with, with the uh, Disinformation Governance Board. I think it's even more critical here. For sure. But the idea of the DOJ figuring out how, out how to seize Russian assets, on the one hand, I don't want Russian oligarchs to be able to finance you know, finance the slaughter of Ukrainians right? Um, or be financed by the slaughter of Ukrainians. On the other, I don't like the DOJ um, <laughs> doing that. I don't think this is the DOJ's role. Right. I don't trust the DOJ to do this well because right. I have seen the way that the DOJ operates and, and the, and probably what they could designate as Russian assets. Exactly. Um, 
And so that is where I do feel especially conflicted. I, when, and when we talk about the aid and, and how it's used, I think we have to be very, very clear-eyed about the fact that with the Lend-Lease Act, we had a, an established democracy, an established country, and even there, there was corruption in the way that that money was used. Mm-hmm. So when we have this kind of aid, we have a fledgling democracy with a very, very imminent history of corruption. Mm-hmm. The oversight that there needs to be oversight and executed by Congress, not the DOD inspector general, because once again, <laughs> I don't want the DOD's own inspector general trying to figure out whether the DOD apportioned this money correctly. Because um, again, when we see how congressional oversight works, when it works well, we just saw it. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that us monitoring how that aid is spent, um, partly because, as Noah Rothman has just argued, commentary, if we don't, there will be some corrupt use of this money. That's and then we'll have Yeah, and then we'll have NatCons and TradCons and Tucker Carlson <laughs> screaming, see, 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 we can't ever do anything nice for any other country ever again. Right. Build the wall around all the things. And, and that's not good either. So no. we need to be very, very careful about how this money is spent. Um, and about the way that we oversee and are transparent with the American public about how their money is being spent. And by the way, this doesn't just apply to Ukraine. This applies to all government programs. For sure. For sure. Um, I also think, again, this is riffing off of, of some of the stuff the commentary folks have said, but um, this would move Republicans back to being the party of fiscal integrity, too. If they're saying, you know, we care about this money, we want it to go to the right place, and we want it to be spent well. So I think this is an opportunity but that oversight is absolutely critical. And if we yes. don't get that oversight, we get a bunch of angry tradcons and natcons <laughs> screaming to Viktor Orban about how globalism is horrible, but also Viktor Orban. Uh, oh, do you yeah. want to introduce this for us, Maurice? Oh, if, unless you have yeah. more to say about. No, um, no, I, I, I was, uh, I was going to say that it's everything that you were saying. I would, I would agree with if, if I hadn't had the the history of government spendings everywhere of like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like this is 100% going to wind up. In, uh, part of this is going to wind up in hands. Um, the, the, the money for weapons transfers and things of that nature. Um, your work stuff is going to go missing. Um, and it, it's, it's inevitable. The, the, the fact of how, I mean, cause and, and and I know this is slightly different or a slight deviation, but I mean, we talk about, was it? And under the Obama administration, Joe Biden bragged about not giving money to Ukraine until they fired a specific um, prosecutor. Oh, that's and then, straight up illegal. That's yes. straight up illegal. Yes. By like, the way. <laughs> and so, and, 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 and then all of a sudden he was fired and, and then turn, turns out like all this money goes, like goes towards corruption anyway. So like it's, this whole idea of of how um, of 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 us giving money to people and and and, and it's just being like a oh uh, hey by the way this is how much money we're getting and we we'll break it down but we don't tell you exactly how much of it does actually go towards this you know until 
you know, five years later and we do an investigation on, hey, let's, you know, well, it's a we, we build another governance 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 board and, and they come out and say, oh, well, we need to do an investigation onto onto the, the, the U.S. aid into Ukraine, you know, back in 2022, 2020, 2021, 2022. And then they do all this. And then it, then it, then uh, then five years later, it's uncovered. And everybody was like, oh, well, that's the government for you kind of thing. So I, I just and I, I think that's always my biggest issue with this is that one, I didn't sign up for you to be given it for, for you to give up any any of my money to anybody. But even if I did, the a lot of it's going to waste. And that th- that is probably my biggest issue It's like if if the money was spent fiscally um, well and, and and everybody knew what they were doing and I knew where the money was going, I probably would not. I would hate it. Yes, but I would not on a scale of one to 10. I wouldn't be at a 10. I'd probably be at a seven because I'm like, well, at least at least they're telling me where the money's going. At least it's being spent wisely. but. I don't trust any of that to happen. So I will forever stay at a 10 until they decide to, to give me the needs or to, to, to meet my demands as far as how they're spending this, how they're spending this money. Cause they ain't doing nothing but spending off the assets of my children and my grandchildren. So, um, but yes. So um, for those of you, I, I, let, let me, let me see this. Let me say this. We talk about hypocrisy on the left so often. We do. And a lot of people say, well, you libertarians, you always you always down on the left and you're always this and you're always there. Blah, 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 blah. You guys never talk about the right. And I want to say you're wrong. We always talk about the right, but we don't talk about them as much because honestly, I personally think they're not as crazy. Um, they're honestly not as crazy as people on the left. Now there are some crazy people on the right, but from from a whole from a holistic point of view, they're not very they're not as crazy as people on the left. And most people on the right don't necessarily want me dead and want my ideology dead. Um, people on the left do. But that being said, CPAC. If you don't know what CPAC is, it's just literally it's like how let me make sure I got it right. It's like conservative it's the Star Wars bar scene of Republicans. <laughs> I've heard it described that way once, I think by some folks at Reason, and it is the most accurate <laughs> statement ever. It is the original Star Wars New Hope cantina scene for conservatives. Yes, I say this is. as someone who has a small child went to CPAC because my dad worked in direct mail and back before social media, that was how you raised money for political candidates. So I got to go and go to CPAC and get my caricature drawn and hear a bunch of jokes that I wasn't supposed to understand about dresses. And it was just cigars. It was just, it was an interesting time. Right. Um, It's since changed somewhat. Maybe just a little bit. So they are the conservative political action conference or whatnot. And you know how these conservatives, I'm going to say conservative. People on the right are always talking about America first, America first, blah, 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 blah. Make America great again because Donald Trump is is like the 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 face of the conservative party for some reason. I don't know why, um, but he is. And they they go through they, they literally preach America first, America this, America that. And then they go and they have their CPAC in Hungary. Now, Hungary. Now, now, what, what, here's what, when I say, I'm meaning the country, Hungary, like 
H-U-N-G-A-R-Y, not I'm hungry as in my stomach is growling, okay? So a lot of that this at is, CPAC, too. No. What's, what's that? I said a lot of that at CPAC, too. Yes, but, yeah. yes, stomach's growling. Why? Yeah. Because they're in the hungry country. <laughs> Sorry, my dad jokes are coming out. I'm getting there. So, You're getting there. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> so, I knocked you off your flow. Um, it's, it's crazy because if America was first and they're having this big political conference um, because they want to talk about conservatives and what they can do to, to right the ship and things of that nature, you would think that they would want to bring all of that money and all of the things that, 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 that is around CPAC into an American city and to build that specific city up and to bring all the money into that specific city. I don't know, maybe into a major city that probably hates Republicans. And so they can say, hey, you know what? We are doing this for you. But no, that's not what they did. They said, hey, let's have it in a completely different country. Force everybody to fly out there. I don't know. Huh. Let's let's stimulate another country's economy and not our own. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. With a pretty rabidly fascistic leader, I will just go out and say that because I I've called leftist fascists, and now I'm going to talk about rightward fascism, and they look different. Leftward fascism and rightward fascism look different. They're yes. still fascism. And yeah, no, I, so I love how you've got, you've got these, these nat cons, these trad cons are saying America first down with globalism, this globalist boogeyman at all costs. <laughs> also let's hold CPAC as an international destination event and have Victor Orban deliver a 12 point plan for, for, for what I'm sorry. Wait, why are you taking orders from Victor Orban? Is he, <laughs> Again, I, just to play the America First tape forward, is he American? Does he know what's good for America? Right. I don't think that he does. In fact, I know that he doesn't because he's a vicious person. Um, and unfortunately, he's become this darling of the right, uh, the same way that, that the right kind of wanted, that certain factions of the right, I should say, kind of mm. wanted Putin to be their darling. And like, right. oh, no, he's just he just really is very, very nationalistic and like we all should be. That's not Orban. Orban, sorry, wow, is not your guy. <laughs> Orban is not your guy. He will no. not let you claim him the way that you want to claim no. him. And yeah, this is this is very <laughs> this is not good. And again, so we're gonna going back to the USA to Ukraine for a bit and how this can cause this kind of whiplash effect, right? Because on the one hand, you have these congressional Republicans that are voting to send aid, and then on the other, you have a lot of kind of crazy fringe Republicans um, who are unfortunately very vocal and who are saying we shouldn't be doing this. We should instead be going to Hungary and listening to Viktor Orban talk. If this move from establishment Republicans exiles NatCons and TradCons to claim the mantle of libertarianism, which I worry it will, I worry it will. I just want to say now, Natcons and tradcons are still maximalists. Mm. They are self-consciously not classically liberal. I love enlightenment values does not mean I love liberalism. Enlightenment values were still fodder for chauvinist monarchy. So I'm not saying minds can't change, but minds have to change before a disaffected tradcon 
can be, as a matter of fact, a classical liberal or libertarian. There is more to classical liberalism than being an anti-interventionism. There is a difference between people who call themselves libertarian because they're anti-interventionism and people who are generally skeptical of intervention because they are libertarian. Right. And I want to, I just want to call it now. The, the exiled trad cons are going to feel homeless. And I just will say, again, minds can change. We can talk, we can have conversations, but exactly. there is an undercurrent of maximalism that lives in the trad con. Right. And we need once again, to be clear about that. I just, I, I, when, I don't know. I, I just, for you to go and, and, and I guess kind of it's it's crazy how the the conservatives are specific factions within the conservative movement, and they they go to people who literally hold office forever, and it's just like, yeah. why do you think that that is even remotely close to a good idea? If you're if if you want, like, so this guy has been in office. I mean, and he was elected in 1998. And then like left office in 2003 and then came back in 2010. He's been in, been in office since 2010. So we're talking, I mean, that's three presidential terms. Like do people, I, does the right want Joe Biden for 12 years? Like did they want Barack Obama for 12 years? Like why do you go to these people and, and say, oh yeah, you know, Putin is our, Putin is the guy who, who we should be modeling after. And, 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 and I get a lot of them. They may say like, they 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 may try to forget all the bad things that people have done and so forth. But for you, like, why in the world would you say, hey, this guy who's been in power for 12 years, let's listen to him. Let's let let's let's get a let's let's have him give us information as to why it's important for us to have our own media. Like that that just I don't like when governments say you need to have your form of own your, your own source of media. Like, yeah, and that was something just, that Orban said. Yeah, yes, the, have a disinformation governments board. Hey, he likes Nina <laughs> Tankowicz. Right, she can go there. Man, it, it is it's it's it is it is crazy. And for the right to come out and 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 be supportive of all this and like CPAC and 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 I know some libertarians who go and they speak at CPAC and 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 things of that nature because they they cross over and they they want to do a maybe we can haul some people from who who are necessarily conservative but don't claim to be republican and things of that nature so like i know libertarians who go in the, and they speak at these conferences and they they hold meetings and 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 like little um uh what's the word like q and a's and things of that nature um i've like i've seen all that but man just for them to say hey america first now let's go have it in Hungary and let's talk to somebody who is not about putting America first. And he's been in power for 12 years, 12 consecutive years here recently. And he's he's talking about, oh, yeah, creating your own form of government, creating your form source of media. I'm not going to say government and media because oh, conservative makes- media or whatnot, like doing all that, like none of that just spells. um uh, success like it doesn't spell like hey this is the right way to do this so let's go and do this all of this is just going to prove people on the left correct they're saying hey they are fascist 
They like dealing with dictators. They want Donald Trump to be in office forever. Like that's literally what they're, that's literally what people are going to get off this. Like, oh, well, because Donald Trump, Putin's been in office forever. Like, oh yeah. You know, um, Mr. Orban has been in, has been in office forever. Like, so it's, you were literally just proving the points of everybody else. And you're, you were so tone deaf to even read the room and understand, hey, maybe we should practice what we preach and not be, and I, I hate using this analogy because I don't, I don't believe in it, but not be the same, a different wing on the same plane as everybody else. Like, I, it's, it is crazy and it, it's, it's so frustrating. And I, and I, I, I don't want to say it kind of, it kind of hurts and cuts deep because like I, that used to be me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I used to be, you know, oh yeah, Republicans and conservatives, like, oh yeah, yeah. And 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 in in a way, I'm conservative. So I like for 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 what the true the term means as far as for, from a political state, not necessarily as far as Republicans go, but I mean, right. if, if you were to ask me a lot of my views and things of that nature, you would probably say, Oh, you're more conservative than most. And that's probably true. Like, but it is just, I mean, I cannot align with these people when they're doing stupid stuff like this on a regular basis. I'm just like, man, like read the room, learn how to, this is why you lose all the time. Cause you do stupid stuff like this. You literally, you talk about America first and then you go ahead and have a conference and have somebody speaking who is not American, nor do they, nor do they know American values, nor do they understand what we do in our country. But yet we want to sit here and take advice from this man. Come on. That's like me going to, um, uh, David Spencer and you tell and him telling me, Hey, how do I make black lives matter? Or, you know, Hey, Mr. Spencer or is Richard Spencer. Sorry, not David Spencer, Richard Spencer and say, mm-hmm. Hey, um, what's the way, what's the way to make sure that, 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 that I live a meaningful life as a black man? Like really that it, it, it is, he doesn't know. So, and he doesn't want to see me succeed. So what's the purpose of all that? Like it is, it's so frustrating. Yeah, and he talks about American um, conservatives and Hungarians uh, and Hungarian government and people like Marine Le Pen needing to band together and and, and uses this this troop imagery and, and they need to ally themselves and rally their troops. You just got finished, American conservatives. You just got finished excoriating Ukrainian aid, but no, no, no. Let's have an alliance right. with all of these other. Yeah. Right wing nationalists around oh. the globe. It's oh. again, it's all maximalism. It's maximalism all the way down. Congratulations. The the mask is off. Yeah. Quiet parts out loud. Mazel exactly. Uh, I mean, and and we, we talked about this in the pre-show, but and, and, and I know we, we didn't talk about this and happened a while back, but Republicans, conservatives, they're there's such hypocrites. I mean, even with this whole Disney governance thing and no, they shouldn't be allowed to govern themselves anymore because of because of this, that and the third. And it's really just we just want the power to rule over everybody else. And and I just it is just it's so frustrating. Just yeah. the the hypocrisy on the left and the right. It is. Huh. And and for people to not have any sort of introspection and be able to say, okay, what's wrong with me? Maybe I need to change. Nobody on the left does it. Nobody on the right does it. And heck, I don't even think libertarians do it for the most part. I, I don't I, think, I think we. It, I, yeah, no, I think we need more introspection. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like I think I'll, if the world was able to sit down and talk about disinformation and not trust what people say and have a whole lot more introspective and and, 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 and introspection. 
then I think the world will be a far better place. But but you're at, but that is me asking for utopia. So hey, it is what it is. So we can we can do our part though. I can sit and I can introspect about how I feel about foreign policy and exactly work really hard, <laughs> do some soul searching. Exactly. I don't think there's an easy answer. That's all. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't think there there's one. Not. There's not one right answer. No, that's my that's no. my hang up with the libertarian foreign policy things. I'm like, it's not that easy. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it's never that easy. It never is. I mean, and th- again, that's one of the areas that, that that is very gray as far as how how should you respond to somebody else aggressing on somebody else? Like, yeah. like there there is, and 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 if any libertarian sit there and tells me, well, if if I see somebody's being robbed and I'm I'm just going to stand there and do absolutely nothing, like, come on now, like that's you view it as wrong, but you're going to allow somebody else to do it. Like that makes no sense whatsoever, and 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 I agree with you. So th- that's why I think uh, a a lot of it, it it is very gray. But it's I think I think at least for me, it's if we had a more for me, it would be if if there was more decentralized approach uh-huh. to how we deal how we dealt with um, foreign aid, whether that's funds or, or or resources or things of that nature, that would bode better better bode better better bode better for me and 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 how i view things as as far as foreign aid is concerned and 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 as i said earlier my main knock on the foreign aid is really because a lot of it goes to corrupt hands and the people who really need the aid don't actually receive the aid like that that is where my beef with all this foreign aid stuff comes comes from right so no i i think and i think we're this is always one for us to talk it out perennially. And I think we should probably like have a panel or something, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, as we always want things to be market esque and in the market, some, you know, you, you have that, you have that equilibrium, um, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean in, in, you know, in economics that everyone's happy and everyone gets what they want. But I think we, we kind of aspire toward that. And there are some situations where not everyone gets what they want. And foreign policy is is definitely one of them. Even For in sure. the most perfect market scenario, people will not be happy when there definitely. is a multiplicity of countries. Yep, it happens. it happens. Well, guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for doing all the things that you do. Please, please, please share the show with a friend, a loved one, somebody who, who you know lives in Hungary. Um, whether it's somebody who is part of that government, that, that disinformation governance board, somebody down in Florida or wherever you are, share it with a friend, a family, a relative, whatever you got to do. Leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, leave us uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. Yes, YouTube page. Go ahead. Hit that thumbs up. Wherever it is, it's probably going to be somewhere down there um, in the uh, in the comments below. Leave us a thumbs up on the videos. Share our videos with everybody because you know what? You get to see our lovely, beautiful faces. Okay, I just got a haircut. All right, so you know I, I got the fresh fade. I just covered my face up, but that's I got that's the fresh fading fade. out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like fade out into the distance. No, um, but uh, so, so share the video. Leave us a comment on there. Um, do all of those things. Follow us on all forms of social media that we are on, which is Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Call me Maurice and Civil Discord Podcast. And then follow us on Twitter as well to Amanda at Ajax the Griff and then at Civil Discord Pod 
as well. Do all of that. Um, and again, if anything crazy comes from that Twitter handle, you best believe that it is me because I am the notorious BLG. But do all of that, and we'll, we will be back again with another episode of Civil Discord. Until then, y'all be easy. And stay fierce.